Hello and welcome to the podcast. Uh, not the usual format today. Um, using Poland has gone a little quiet just now. Um, I'm going to go over a few things which I've mentioned before. Um, the main thrust of today's podcast is connected with COVID a little bit. At least that's why we realised we had a problem. But it's what we call in Poland PESEL, which is, I think, the best translation you'd say to English would be a national insurance number. So it's a number which is issued uh, to police and Hitler. Uh, so there's no debate. Um, you're informed of it and you have it from the day your birth is registered. For foreign nationals, as I will detail very soon, it's a very different process. Um, and a process which more or less goes on behind the scenes. Um, anyway, so I first was informed of my peso after having lived here, worked here, paid tax here for about seven years. And I was told of my peso when I leased a car. And the agent who was doing the paperwork for it um, asked me to confirm some of my details, as normal, name, address, driving license, um, passport. And then he said, can you confirm your peso? I have a peso, was my reply. So this was the first time uh, I, I had been introduced this concept. Before that, it was two other numbers, uh, NEEP and REGON. Um, the, the reality is that's how the tax system and payments of uh, health insurance and everything else works. So the pestle's a number on top of that. It's, it's basically an identifier. So I found out at a pestle. I spoke to a friend of mine who'd been here since 1993. And much to his surprise, I had a pestle. You have a pestle. I don't think I have a pestle. Of course, the reality is he did. He just didn't know it. So, 2011, we leased the car, found a pencil, that was great, um, really never used it, was never asked for it, because when I had my own business here, I was always asked for my REAP or regular number. So fast forward to uh, COVID, the pandemic strikes, uh, the Polish government's response is pretty poor, to be honest. Um, but of course, vaccinations followed in early 2021. The reality is, it's a system that was um, designed in Poland. It's pretty damn good. Um, I can't take that away f from the government, unfortunately. <laughs> but uh, it's based around your peso. So, the idea is that you create uh, what is called a trusted profile. Um, in Polish, that's profile, um, <clears throat> you can say, zafane, 
Rapuani. Sorry for the, anyone in Polish listening to this. And the trusted profile is your sort of gateway to everything official that you do. Um, I haven't got mine yet. We're still working on that. But the reality is it's a very, very good system. If you have a working peso, which, of course, at this point, I didn't. So when my wife went through the process of trying to register me for uh, vaccination, she hit a brick wall. First of all, the number wouldn't register. Um, then we were informed that don't worry about it. He's not a citizen. He's a foreign national. They're having some teething problems. Um, and here's another method. So two or three methods were tried. And each one came up short. So in the job I do, I talk to all sorts of people. Some of them are lawyers. So I talked to a lawyer. And, you know, hypothetically, in, uh, in the abstract, what do you know about pestles? And it was a very enlightening conversation. So first of all, like in Britain, citizens are given PESO, National Insurance Number. Um, but foreign nationals, well, they have to be issued. Fine, understand that. But the problem is, more than one government department can issue a peso. So, okay, um, the the reality of maybe the one I've got or the one I'm using not being accurate uh, suddenly really became something that was a positive. So after that, oh, just one other thing. She painted a scenario, and the scenario was like this. When you move, registered your business, you would have been issued a peso when the company was registered. Fast forward 10 years or five years or three years, your status within the tax department, for example, may have been deemed to have changed because you lived here, paid tax here, this here for X amount of years. And therefore, the tax department may issue you with another peso. Okay, that seems reasonable. Strange, confusing, but reasonable. So, we then fast forward to having exhausted all of the avenues of trying to get um, registered for a peso. One other option was you could take your details to a government office, which there was a long list, and they would verify your information. And that would then allow you to register for that vaccination. So, in preparation for that, I was collecting some papers the night before, and I came across a piece of paper from the local government office dated 2018 with a different PESO number on it. Hmm, was my first thought. 
shit was my second thought. Anyway, so I showed this to my wife and we decided we needed to get something official about the PESO number, which we thought was accurate. So we went to the local office. A very nice man came out, took my details, went to the back behind the office door, emerged five minutes later and quietly informed us that the number we had was complete bullshit. Okay, right, back to square one. Okay. Now, when we were leaving that office, my wife asked for the number, which was on the piece of paper I discovered the night before. We tried that, and bingo, it worked. No drama, no debate. And that reminded me of something the lawyer who I mentioned earlier <clears throat> had said to me. After she painted the scenario of what could happen, I then said, so how do I check my pencil? And she said, you can. If you are an entrepreneur in, in Polish, if you hold a dualnost which is like a sole trader in the UK, uh, there is a register um, and you can check that. And that's um, it's a freedom of information so that if you begin to do business with someone, they can check your details. But if you're not on that register, so if your dual nosht is suspended or finished, which is my case, there is no way for Joe Smith in the street to check the pencil. And uh, this lawyer added, it used to be the case in criminal proceedings that lawyers could confirm people's identity by checking the PESO. That facility is, has now been removed. So we were in a situation where I had two pencils, one of which we've been told was complete bullshit. The other one could seem to work. Um, okay, so we got registered for vaccination, which was the focus. Any problems, any issues? My wife was particularly concerned with all the payments I'd made for tax and national insurance over the years. Um, they could be solved later. The important thing was now getting registered for vaccination. Boom, bingo, done. And I'm recording this on last week of June. Um, I've had one vaccination and I'm due for my next one in February. Super. But of course that's not the end of the story because we have to sort this out. So another client who um, someone she knows works with this, I was telling her this story and she said give me the details and I'll ask my aunt. I did that and the appeals, I didn't have one peso in the system, I had two pencils, which meant I was now working on the assumption that I had three pencils, two in two accurate and one complete bullshit. 
the next step was to make an appointment with the local office. And that took six weeks to organize, not because of we're too busy, but because of COVID. Anyway, as I said, vaccination was organized. So we went to the, right, that's thunder in the background. So the appointment at the local Ojold went well. Um, no drama. Uh, the woman accepted what we told her. She checked the system, confirmed, and then said the piece of paper we had is the accurate specimen. Um, my wife asked if we could get duplicates of that and was told no. Now, that's important. There's a, there's a paperwork issue in Poland, and we'll come to that in a few seconds. But essentially, um, the um, civil servant started the process of combining all of this information under one person. Hopefully within a couple of days, I should receive information that that uh, process is finished. And that's important because in February of this year, um, I went through the new process for registering as a British citizen here in Poland after Brexit. Sorry, after Brexit. Just to stress that. The process was fairly simple. One or two forms. Like one or two pieces of information, nothing too drastic, except that I'd given them the wrong pencil. Now that was my fault, but when you go to an office and have to provide seven or eight pieces of information, you would think they would check the information that you give them. Well, apparently not. I have my new immigration card with an incorrect pestle on it. One more problem I'm going to have to sort out. But again, we're down the path. There's light at the end of the tunnel. And the uh, visit to the immigration office is probably going to be the last thing I have to deal with. Anyway, so that's my journey. Um, I, I just want to say one more thing about Polish um, bureaucracy. When I first arrived here, we literally had to prepare a dossier for a wedding. Um, it wasn't sufficient to have a document. You would have to have multiple duplicates of the document because each office you went to would require an original print. I'm glad to say that's now changed. When I went to the immigration office, I provided them with the originals. If they needed copies, they copied them, wrote on it original scene. So the process has changed. And that's why the night before I went to, um, to validate my PESEL, I was collecting paperwork. Because you simply don't know what they're going to ask you for. Um, but to finish on a positive, the system in Poland has got better, much better than it was. 
and now dealing with um, bureaucracy isn't such a problem. My problem is language. Uh, but having said that, the immigration office forms were printed in Polish, French, and English. And my experience in Poland is that probably English is the dominant foreign language, followed by German, probably. So it's not really a big issue. So anyway, let's finish the point. Moving on, a bit of an update. Last week, I talked about the uh, power plant in a place called Torov, which was um, causing a bit of a split between the Polish government and the Czech government. Well, a little bit of an update on that. Um, the Polish government um, have, been <laughs> have been taken to court. I think it's superb. Um, the headline in the notes from Poland reads, Czech government to seek 5 million euro daily fines against Poland for not closing mines. So this hasn't finished. I'm glad to say the Czech government are not backing down. But I'm not surprised the Polish government aren't backing down either. Um, they have sold their soul to the mining community and they've hung their hat on the policy of burning coal uh, for the next few years. Um, what you've got to remember is that energy production and delivery and retail sales or consumer contact in Poland is almost entirely a state-owned operation. So PGE, who run this power plant down south, um, they're a state-owned company. So there's there's no independent decision can be made. What they are doing is following government policy. Uh, okay, so last point. Uh, some of you might wonder why um, there is a negative tone to uh, these podcasts. It's a good question. Um, you, you, if you were to ask, ask, listen to the podcast and to ask the question, is this guy like living in Poland? You know, the answer to the question is absolutely yes. It's a great country. I've been very fortunate here, and it's been very good to me. But um, an article popped up <coughs> recently, and I think it sort of puts into focus uh, hold on, um, what the, the, the sort of attitude, well, not just people like me, but people in general with this particular government. And it was an, an annual OECD survey, the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development. And they had questionnaires in 38 different countries, um, European, uh, Central American, um, Australasian, so right across the board. And the winner was not Poland. The winner was Switzerland. They had an approval rating for the government of 84.6%. Remarkable. Um, 
remarkable in a way. Everyone knows that the Scandinavian countries are always very positive. Um, whether it's happiness index, trust in government, uh, corruption index, um, they always come out very, very well. And in this particular list, I'll read the first five or six. Switzerland, Norway, Finland, Netherlands, Luxembourg, Denmark, Sweden. Yeah, I mean, that's saying it all, yeah. However, and this is the important point, you have to go way down to the other side to get an idea of what people in Poland think of the government. It's not the end, or maybe I should say it's not the last, but it's the second last. The approval rating in Poland was 27.3%. The power, the people in government at the moment, the party called Peace, they came to power in 2015. And they stood at 21.1% at that point. Went over 50% in 2017. But due to factors like coronavirus, um, the death rate here, um, some of the protests about the government's policies, it's dropped. So 27.3. Let's be positive. Not the worst they've had, but second last, not something to write home about. Okay, until the next time. Thank you for listening. See you soon. Bye.